www.talentalento.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manon Podcast. I am your co-host Dustin Butte with my lovely co-host Becca Schoenborn. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Do you ever notice, so we rotate when we record on who starts the introduction. Mm. Have you ever noticed because I'm such a sweet guy that every time I'm, I'm usually the one that posts the episode online, you always get first billing on the co-host. Did you ever notice that? No. Jeez. I always, uh, I shouldn't even admit this because now it sounds like I'm doing it not to be nice, but. It sounds like you're doing it just to be a nice person. But I am doing it. I always person. put my name first because of the alphabetical Alphabet. order. So, yeah, I don't do that. I do that because I'm a nice person. I well, thank want you. you. To have first billing as a co-host. I want you to know that I do it simply because I have a marketing brain, and alphabetically, Becca comes before us. Okay, well, I, I tried to be sweet, but I also like you as a person, and I will, will put your name first next time or something. Well, I, well, I tried to be sweet. And then wow, just, you just torn tattered. It's sorry. I'll live. Thanks. I'll live. Just go into the ad reads, talk about the live show, and then I'm going to sulk for three minutes. Okay. Well, while Dustin um, has a little pity party over here next to me. Just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes I wish that we recorded this on video so you could see our faces. Um, we, uh, what am I doing? We have a live show coming up. Yes, like, we what do. am I supposed to be reading right It'll now? It'll be very soon when this episode drops. Yeah. In a few days, we will be at the Spirit Room at Mabel Tainter doing. A very special live recording of our show on Wednesday, September 27th, starting at 7 p.m. It's a free show, and we will be recording two episodes back-to-back. So our first one will be called History is Old Gossip. We will be talking to um, Melissa Neeland and Andrew Mercil, who will be telling us, I'm sure, some sort of funny story about Menominee's history and our quirky little town that we live in. And our second guests will be uh, John Christensen and Ryan Verdon, uh, which will be called Brewery Battle. So we're going to be joined by two local brewers to talk about who knows Whatever what. they do. I don't know. If yeah. you've ever, like, that's the reason. Like, if you ever get around Ryan and John together, they're very good friends, but they just trash each other all the time. Yeah. So that's why putting them on microphone together should be a good time. It will very much be their podcast for that episode, and we will just sit there in silence, yeah, I'm exactly. assuming. That's the plan. And and that's great. That's, that's, that's the idea. I can't wait to see it. I know. So it'll be fun. Um, so, yeah, we're doing live us. shows with a gr- bunch of guests who won't let us speak. That's the which point. Which is funny. That is the point. All guests that we've had on, too. So yeah. you get to come and uh, hang out and see past guests and enjoy yeah. the spirit room if you've never been down there, as we say. It's, it's so awesome. Lots of lots of beverage options, whatever you have in mind. Very comfy chairs. Cool atmosphere. Yeah, it's a cool place. Sometimes there's ghosts. Sometimes there's ghosts. You know I had to. It's almost spooky season. It's almost, it, yeah, there it's was almost, one day October. in August that it got like below 60 at night and immediately i was like i'm buying apple candles like it's fall <laughs> my tiktok has been all like random funny videos of people like excited because the spirit stores are opening i know I'm and all the halloween stores are opening uh speaking of the one other thing about the live show if people can't attend those two episodes will drop the In following october. month they will yep. be our october episodes so yep so even if you can't go you'll still be able to listen to those shows it will be very fun to do um a show live especially with a bunch of our friends that we like from downtown um like we've said in the past the show is free but we'll be accepting donations for the mabel tainter the dunn county historical society and ourselves because we 
do this podcast out of the kindness of our hearts yep. and our own and wallets. Our own wallets. So, so thanks for supporting us. Come get a drink and enjoy the show. You can find all the details on our website, themanompod.com. But we'll see you on the 27th. This episode is also sponsored by Elevated Endeavors, specializing in business development and event coordination. Elevated Endeavors is here to help with all of your business needs. Whether you need to improve business efficiency, maximize profitability, or increase the value of your company, or if events are what you're looking for, getting assistance planning and budgeting your next event, to make it as stress-free as possible, Elevated Endeavors will be there to help you out. Learn more and schedule an appointment at elevatedendeavors.net. Thanks for sponsoring our show. Yeah, Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Anyways, well, what the heck are we talking about today? Well, we are here with the Dunn County Sheriff, Kevin Biggs. How are you? Good. Yeah. It feels like a lot more pressure having you watch. I know. It's like we usually, just, we like, usually just chat with like kind of like small, small it, business it owners. It really feels people that we're friends with. Yeah, you know, like the feeling when you. Get, Maybe it's just me having anxiety, but you know the feeling when you get through TSA and you're like, what if I accidentally packed a, a gun in my carry-on? You know what I mean? Like, do, do I have a gun in my pocket? Like, I don't own one, but like, that's kind of the same feeling that I'm getting, like panicking for anything. <laughs> oh, God. What if I say something illegal? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> your anxiety is spiraling right now. Well, is, you have to, is this something if, you deal with, Kevin? Is this a thing? This is, this is a thing. <laughs> and, and and if I would have known this would have intimidated you, I would have worn a full uniform oh, today. It would make you even more uncomfortable. But uh, Honestly, I think it might have helped. Yeah. The, the suit and tie formality it almost seems more formal than just like the opposite uniform well and it's uh, a lot of times it's uh not only do i i wear a badge i'm a big guy and people are seem to be intimidated by me and and uh most people when they get to know me realize that's nothing to be intimidated by. i was gonna so, say yeah. everything i've seen and heard about yeah. you is that you're very nice yeah, so it was like, very i chill. know i have no reason to well yeah. and, and as people should be chill uh because when you ran for sheriff your face was every four blocks and <laughs> for about. Yeah. That was like the one thing when I had you on. I'm like, I have to make a comment about the sign battle that happened because it's still my favorite, one of my favorite things of ever living here. Who is the gentleman that you uh, defeated? Well, who's the. Uh, in the general election, it was Rod Dykus. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The amount of signage that was in this county for both of funny. you was insane. So I had, I'm like, I'm coming in with the sign question. Was that a full tilt thing? Like, how did how did so many signs? There's less Biden and Trump signs during the election than there was for you two. I couldn't believe it. it was amazing. I remember, I'll never forget, I remember driving to, like, a baseball game in, like, Barron or something. So it's pretty on the outskirts of the county. Yeah. And there's you, huge in the yard. And then three houses later, it's four other ones for the other guy. I'm like, it's even out here. It was a little, we're, like, drugs. nowhere. We're, like, people don't even drive by. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of interesting. I started out with like fifty four by eight signs, and um, uh, or maybe it was twenty five. I don't remember. And uh, the requests for large signs kept coming in, so I had to double the amount of four by eight signs that I had. And of course, I designed them all myself and put my face on it, so people can put a face with a name. And and uh, um, yeah, it was kind of. Humbling seeing my face all over this county from you, yeah. county line to county line, north to south, east to west. It was I was everywhere. 
By the I time mean, the election happened, you didn't even want to run anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm so sick of seeing my own face. I want to yeah, take these down. Exactly. I mean, it works. So there you, I mean, yeah. you can't say there's not proof in what in, in the, in the yeah. thing that was going oh, that on. That was funny. Well, and there's an old that. theory: signs don't vote, but you know, it's it, it comes down to who's whose sign is the yard in, you know, and then mm-hmm. then they know who they're, they're supporting. But uh, it's getting your name and your face out there, and and make sure people know who you are and they're comfortable. And the, the reality is people want to know the sheriff and be comfortable with the sheriff mm-hmm. and, and have confidence and putting him in office. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it even goes back to what Becca was saying about the anxiety stuff is like, yeah, I think there is that feeling of like anxiety towards, you know, police officers and stuff anyway, but like, especially with the main one, you know, it's yep. like that's seen as the one in charge of everything, you know, so right. to, to put that face and stuff out there is probably, you know, pretty important in, in yep. your in your world yeah absolutely i would imagine networking is a bigger part of your job than you probably even it is it is you know but you know networking really starts you know throughout your career and Mm -hmm. and that's how you get elected sheriff is you're involved in the community and you you know you coach your kids the softball team or your little league baseball team or and you're you become part of the community you um you know i've i've been a member of menominee lions club for around 20 years you know and and it's um it just helps being part of the community and that's why i encourage all my deputies even though i can't require them to live in the county i want them to live in the county and i want them to be part of the community community that they live in Mm -hmm. you know it's um um you'll have law enforcement agencies that uh have officers that work in a community, but they live somewhere else. I mean, we've got Minneapolis and St. Paul coppers that live in Dunn County, but drive to the Twin Cities and and work. Um, I want I want my staff to be part of the community that you know we're serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it builds community trust, and and uh, you know people want to know who who shows up at their door sometimes. Right. Yeah. And when when you are showing up at like it's typically because somebody's in crisis you know like well, exactly. people aren't calling you because they're having a good day so it, right. it's reassuring to see somebody familiar show right. up you know the hundreds of you know people thousands of people that i've gotten to know over my career you know there's comfort in me showing up and mm-hmm. and and no they're not intimidated because somebody with a badge is standing at their door or, mm-hmm. you know so it's you know just being part of the community is is a large part of you know, my philosophy of running a good sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up here? I actually grew up in Prairie Farm, about a mile into Barron County, north of the Dunn County line. But it's kind of like I grew up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I worked for my uncles who have a, a large dairy farm. Um, sold the cows now, but uh, just north of Highway 64 on Double V. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh, from the age of 12 working for them every summer. Um, um, all on hay and unloading hay, you know, that type of stuff, milking cows occasionally, but, um, um, their work ethic didn't allow them to leave the farm very often. And that was okay. Cause I didn't really enjoy milking cows that much, but, um, um, but I also grew up, uh, going to a little Slovak church just North of Boyceville, uh, on highway O Holy Trinity church. And, and, so Boyceville's kind of always been my second hometown. You know, the the kids that I went to Sunday school with are all from Boyceville, and and uh, so um, it's it's always I've always kind of been part of the Dunn County community, but uh, grew up about a mile into into Barring into Barron County and Prairie Farm. Gotcha. 
How did you, so do you live in, I'm assuming you live in the county now, or do you still live up there? Nope, I live in the county now, have uh, my entire career. I live in Boyceville, um, and, and uh, uh, you know, become a big part of that community over the years, and, and like I say, um, going to Sunday school with half the kids from Boyceville made that mm -hmm. pretty easy transition. Um, no, I haven't lived in Prairie Farm for 35 years now, so... So how do you, uh, so getting to be a, like a county sheriff is a pretty like big step, I would feel in people in your profession. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you get to where you're throwing your name into, uh, to, to the ring of getting there? I know it's probably a long story, so very abbreviated <laughs> version of it, yeah. but yeah, tell us your entire career yeah, tell history, us your entire career history well, of how you get here, but yeah. Well, it, it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and condense it, but, uh. <laughs> Uh, started with the sheriff's office when I was 19 years old. Uh, long story short, I, I, um, I put in an application for a reserve deputy position. Uh, unbeknownst to me, they were actually hiring jailers and dispatchers, jailer dispatchers, um, and they had a, a male opening in the jail because you have to have both male and female, um, obviously, for the jail. So the uh, undersheriff at the time threw my application in the pile for the jailer dispatcher job. Uh, I was 18 years old at the time. I got a letter said, uh, um, "Go write the test for a jailer dispatcher position." And I thought, "What the heck? I didn't even apply for that job." And um, I went and wrote the test. Long story short, I got hired uh, just after I turned 19 years old. Worked jail and dispatch for uh, five years. Went to patrol when I was 24. Uh, worked patrol for about nine years. Uh, did the civil process deputy position for about three and a half years before I was promoted to patrol sergeant. So patrol sergeant for eight or nine years before I was promoted to captain uh, of field services. So then I was in charge of basically all sworn personnel on the sheriff's side. And um, so there's really kind of two departments of, of the sheriff's office, the 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 jail division and the patrol division or sworn division and, and uh, being the captain, um, I was in charge of the uh, sworn uh, side of the sheriff's office under Sheriff Dennis Smith at that time. So then wow. with the leadership experience and, and stuff, I thought it was, and it was always a goal of mine probably for the last, of course, when I started when I was 19, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd ever be the sheriff of Dunn County. But uh, right. as I progressed through my career and took some leadership roles and, and uh, felt more comfortable with it and got to know the ins and outs. And frankly, I've done just about every job at the sheriff's office, you mm -hmm. know, from, um, from the start of my career. It's been 34 years now, and uh, um, there's much I haven't done there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a good thing if you're in charge of everybody, you right. know how everything operates and you have the experience in all the different Yeah, it's, uh, I think, pieces. you know, and I think my staff appreciate, some, maybe sometimes they forget, but I've been there, done that, mm -hmm. you know, in these horrible long winter nights and, or dealing with uh, difficult inmates in, in a correctional setting, you know, I've been there, done that. I've, you know, I've, I understand what they're going through. Yeah. You know, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, what b before we became sheriff, what was like your favorite, uh, like either job or thing that you were doing through the sheriff's uh, or through the department? Uh, you know, I, um, I've enjoyed every one of the positions I've had, but um, 
kind of a patrol sergeant is kind of the sweet spot of, you know, you're out on the street, you're, you're working with the guys and gals and, and, uh, you, you kind of have a leadership role, but, um, you get to kind of be in the, in the grind with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that, that's kind of probably my favorite job other than being sheriff. I, I do enjoy being sheriff, but, uh, that was, you know, the captain, you really started driving a desk for a living, you know, it was, yes. you know, the, um, the ins and nuts, you know, ins and outs and nuts and bolts of, of management and, um, um, being a patrol sergeant, I was able to work the street and, um, still kind of be out there with my crew and, and, uh, it was fun. Mm-hmm. What does being the sheriff entail? Like, I guess I like, I don't even know, like, yeah, what's, your, know, truly, what's your job? Yeah, truly, what do you, like, what, what is are that you, job? Like, yeah. what's the day to day? What are you, what are you doing? Well, the day to day, it's, uh, well, it's come down to about 90% of my uh, life is emails now. Mm-hmm. Um, so relatable. Yes. Yeah. I uh, start out my day usually before I leave my house and try and get caught up on the emails that uh, came in over the weekend or overnight. And by the time I get to the office, I'll probably have 30 more and, and, uh, so that's really, but uh, being the the chief law enforcement officer in the county, it's uh, um, we, we, I get the pleasure of dealing with the citizen complaints, and I don't honestly, I don't get a lot of them. I got a great crew, uh, mm-hmm. but there's always somebody right that's not happy about something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, uh, uh, signing sheriff sales uh, that are going for houses for foreclosure, things like that, that. You know, it just kind of consumes my day most most times. Um, and then, you know, policy, um, you know, you can imagine our policy book is about six inches thick. And um, um, I've got a great crew that really, you know, the ones working the street should be the ones kind of writing the policy and, and how things should be mm-hmm. happening. And, you know, so I have to review policy, sign off on policy, things like that. Um, so it's, um, the good part about my job is I never know from day to day exactly what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, I know right. I'm going to be responding to emails at some point throughout my day, but, that's uh, the one, that's the one yeah. constant. you know, and you, then you can go from, um, you know, being, uh, stuck in a command post at a homicide scene, you know, for, you know, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife's kind of gotten used to, you know. I pop in or get a phone. She gets a phone call. Hey, I won't be home for a while. You yeah. know, we got something going on and, and, uh, that's gotten fewer and farther between. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be in the, in the loop and, and, uh, involved in, you know, making the decisions and, and stuff mm-hmm. on major cases and, and kind of let your team run with it, but, uh, have to be there to over, oversee what's going on. Sure. Yeah. And fortunately, we live in a place that we don't have a lot of right. homicide and like crimes of that capacity. Right. But, yeah, that's, um, right. So I'm sure that in a different county, you would be your job would be completely different depending on yeah the types of sometimes the cows stuff get happening. up here. It's exactly. crazy. Who else do you call? Yeah, truly, who do you call? The phone. Right. Who are we gonna call? I have chased a, a lot of cattle back into uh, pastures and a lot of horses. I was just gonna say we have to get a couple. We have to get a couple stories of the not important calls that I know you they get. Yeah. But I'm assuming that is one of them. Oh yeah, uh, quite frequently. You know, it's uh, we we uh, deal with cattle on the roadway, 
horses out. I mean, I used to carry a lead in the um, trunk of my squad no all the time. That so is awesome. You could clip onto a halter and lead a horse back. So, oh my gosh, I, mean, I love seeing those posts on Facebook. Oh, like every know. once in a while, like whose animal is this? Whose my yard. Where do we live? Whose horse is this? I know. Is this somebody's horse? And then people are like, "Oh, Margaret, is that your horse?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh yeah. yeah, I think that's Bob's who lives on County Road, whatever." Yeah, do you know that? Oh my gosh, it's so yeah, well. Funny. The good part of, about working in this county for the last 34 years is I know a lot of places and. The downside is I don't get out of my office often enough to realize who has cattle anymore, who has horses right. anymore. So, you know, my guys and gals on the street are probably more familiar with, you know, who's got Holsteins and who's got yeah. Guernseys, Jerseys, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I used to, when I was on the street all the time, I could tell you, well, no, they're not theirs because, you know, they don't have Holsteins. They, right. They've only got white face feet, you know, it's, but who would have thought part-time yeah. farmer but yeah, who would have thought that that's something that you need to know not not me in this local area to be a to be a, a proper official here yeah oh things. my gosh that is so funny yeah. um so i guess the question i have is uh so um obviously our podcast focuses a lot on menominee um but we try to get out and about here too so like you know we focus so much on menominee and obviously dunn county is so menominee because of just the rest of the county being so rural so what is something like what's uh like, I don't even know how to phrase it. It's like, when you think of the rest of the county and you're somebody who's out there and stuff, like, what should people that maybe only think of Menominee think of, like, Dunn County as, like, a whole? Is that, like, too much? Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. It's, uh, you know, people that live out in the rural area probably want people to kind of forget that they're there. Honestly, sure. they, that's why they live there. I was going to say that. I was like, I bet they want people to pretend they don't yeah. exist. Yeah, and they're perfectly fine with that yeah. in, in most cases. But Dunn County is such a great, you know, rural community. You know, it's you got your small towns, and you know, the Boysville, Colfax, Elk Mound, you know, O'Galley, Rock Falls, you know, and they all have their own, you know, little celebrations throughout the year. Mm -hmm. You know, and and um, um, so it's a it's a great community. And and honestly, since I've been a county law enforcement officer for these this many years those are the places that I, I i spent most of my career you know of course you know downtown menominee occasionally mm -hmm. you know south homecoming was always interesting when i was young and a lot more full of energy to to work stout homecoming back in the day but uh to attend stout homecoming was also interesting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's it's like the the balance of like officers to students is so it's so obviously like a million times more than what it normally is to like all the students too. It's like, oh, must be homecoming weekend. There's 20 bike cops out so and about. Cops. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I and I know you guys. This is just a very uh, interesting segue. Now that I'm thinking about it, but what is a bike cop going to do if they need to arrest somebody? Well, they'll call. Do they have to a, call somebody with a car? They'll have to call somebody with a car. I like to imagine <laughs> yeah. that they just like. Just I know that this it. is not the case. I know it's not true, but I I wish that they just like put them. They got like one of those little toddler bikes at the back and like, mom, get on. Suppose, you know, back in the day, Driving they used to, jail. to they used to throw them over their horse and haul them to the local jail. But throw. I don't think they can probably do that on a bike anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah, they need to get a fancy souped up bike. Yeah, oh my God. never see a bike cop. 
They are usually only on campus that I've seen them. It might just be Stout that has them. Menominee um, was for quite a few years uh, running several bikes, mm-hmm. you know, but with different personnel coming and going throughout. I don't know if there's if they're running a lot of bike patrol yeah. anymore. I lived in on Thirteenth, right across from the Applied Arts Building, so I had just like. A, a deck that had the perfect view of all of the shenanigans all the time. So we would sit out there at homecoming weekend and watch people get tickets the whole weekend because people were dumb. <laughs> we'd see some. We'd see one kid walk past with like an open beer, and then like seconds later, there's the cop behind them. We're like, "What? What do you think was going to happen? Yeah, right. Truly, yeah. what did you think you were going to do? Just hide like, it a little bit. They don't want to do this. This is just, yeah, so funny." Hey. Um, uh, it, yeah, speaking of just Menominee and stuff, because like we have the Stout uh, police or whatever you want to call it, then we have yeah. Menominee. How, and the one thing I've noticed, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like all three, like Dunn County, work really well together. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't seem like something, I guess, in my head that it, I don't know, it always just feels like it would be so separate. Yeah. But yet for some reason, it never feels that way. It always feels like everybody's kind of like. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's. It, Anyone in uniform is always going to be there for another person in uniform. What mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the patch is on the shoulder. Um, and, um, you know, my guys and gals on the street work very well with other agencies. And, and uh, you know, this topic kind of came up through my campaign. You know, how are you going to work with Menominee Police Department? Well, I, I've got no issue working with Menominee Police Department. And, and honestly, a lot of times there's a riff at the top level of agencies, you know, about political stuff maybe or whatever. But the guys and gals on the street are always going to have each other's back and are always going to work together. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a great relationship. We all know each other. We've, we've worked in different capacities with each other. You know, um, some of the stout officers have been uh, reserve deputies for the sheriff's office in the past and and uh, um, menominee the same way you know it's uh, you know it's it's a brother and sisterhood that you always take care of each other yeah at the end of the day you're all out there for the same all cause out there for the same purpose yeah it doesn't matter who your boss is or what your shoulder patch says it's uh, yep uh, we're all out there for the same purpose and that's you know the betterment of the community and and taking care of people so I'm sure it's easy to think about a lot of the negative things that come with the job, but what are like some of the rewarding things and like, what are you, some of your favorite parts of getting to do this type of work in the community? Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> um, truly when the, the rare occasion when you, you really, you know, either save a life or you, um, uh, you know, the little things of returning somebody's property that's been stolen because it's traumatic to people. You know, your house gets burglarized or or uh, your car gets broke mm-hmm. into or whatever. Um, it's, um, you know, it's that satisfaction of being able to help people out. Um, very quick story. Uh, my first shift uh, as a patrol deputy, when I went from the jail to patrol, um I, you know, this is a long time ago, keep in mind, but I worked the entire county by myself as a patrol deputy as my first shift. Oh, my God. My, my first, my first call. Oh, so never fly. No. no, that wouldn't happen now. And with, on the road, better put him in yeah. charge of everything. Or with, and, and no field training. But I, there, I, you know, I had a lot of experience as a reserve deputy working part-time in Boysville before then. So, but I got to, um, 
I went to O'Galley for a criminal damage to property. To a, a, a older lady's mailbox got damaged by somebody that had left the bar, bent her flag over, twisted her door up on her mailbox. You know, and it was so satisfying to go just straighten out this lady's mailbox. Mm-hmm. You know, after deal, working in the jail for five years with people that were not happy about being there, mm-hmm. yeah. not happy with you supervising them, overseeing them. To, it it was a relief to be able to go just help this older lady out who somebody screwed up her mailbox overnight when they were early in the morning, late at night when they left the bar. They bent her flag over. They they bent her door up. I pulled out my Leatherman. I straightened out her door so the mailbox would close. I straightened out the flag on her mailbox, and she was just tickled pink. You know, yeah. she didn't. She knew the reality was I'm probably never going to find who who damaged her mailbox, mm-hmm. but. It was a satisfaction of kind of making her whole again of, um, you know, that she was, you know, the sheriff's office was there to kind of help her out and, and take care of things. Sure. So it's little things like that that throughout your career that um, kind of give you some satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is and the- you probably, like, I'm sure you have to hang on to those a little more tightly, too, than the other things just because it right. would be so you to have pretty thick dramatic. skin and let a lot of things roll off your back. You know, like yeah, the, that's a that's a tough that's probably the toughest part of the job. Yeah. That. Especially nowadays, you know, it's a little heightened now somewhat. So right. it's uh, it's kind of in your face now more so than it ever was. I mean, there's always been um, people that weren't fond of sheriffs, you know, of, of law enforcement. Um, you know, they, you're always going to have the naysayers. Um, most of them aren't on the right side of the law, but, um, but honestly, I, I feel a lot of community support, you know, um, I, I hear it from people, especially, you know, through difficult, challenging times over the last three, four years, um, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out and, and let us know that they're, you know, they support us and, you know, um, box of donuts shows up at, at the sheriff's office on a Monday what a morning. Stereotype. <laughs> I was going to say the stereotype. <laughs> Jeez, is real. Not even a basket of apples, just to switch it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Occasionally a basket of apples, but, uh, Way there's... less exciting. Yeah, right. The cops are all about, they're like, well, there's a stereotype for a reason. Cause yeah. we don't, we don't want the apples. We've got, uh, we've got a gentleman in nap that, uh, bakes us fresh cookies about once a month and brings them in. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's really, we're well aware that, that we have community support yeah. and that's what keeps, you know, most of my staff putting a uniform on every day and coming to work is that they know I have their back and they know the community has their back and, and there's always going to be naysayers, but, uh, but the reality is overall, the community is very supportive. We wouldn't survive without law enforcement. Yeah. So, well, and it's a small, like, it's like, it's a small enough area where like, I, I was, I remember, you know, when, uh, yeah, through all the stuff a few years ago when people would like be so anti, uh, even I'd be like, what these, these people like live down the road. Like you really <laughs> right. think they're come waking up every day to get, I'm not saying that what I know what a cops makes, but I'm assuming locally it's not enough to make it where they need to uh not just be a normal person and just enjoy the day. And, right. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm sure a cop would really love a day that no bad calls come in and they go home that night and they go, Well, that was spectacular. Yeah. I didn't have to deal with anything besides pull over two people and going too fast down County Road K. Right. Like, you know, like I was just telling people, I'm like, there's no way these local people care this. They just want to, you know, keep everybody safe and happy it's exactly. fine exactly we're not 
Nobody nobody puts a uniform on in the morning and, and with uh, with negative and, intentions exactly, to go out. It's just like there's just no way. I would be the exact. I'm like I'm thinking most of them are the exact opposite. Right. Just all day, just hoping. Like like by noon, their thing hasn't went off. They're like, all right, sweet. <laughs> This is a good day. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. How do we just not have something today? Yeah. Like, Don't you, know. you dare say it's been a quiet morning. Yeah, right. That's, and that's a curse word, you know. Yeah, the quiet. The quiet. Don't, yeah. yeah, right. We used, to, we used to, uh, when I was working nights, I'd walk into, into the urgent care or the emergency room because mm-hmm. you got to know those people very well, too, over yep. your career. And, and uh, Man, you didn't dare say say the word quiet. Yeah, when you weren't doing anything, you're like, don't do it. No, even in a grocery store, it's the same. As soon as you mention, like, oh wow, it's been quiet for a little bit. That's it. Everybody in town walks through the door. You're like, toast. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, this is I. This is maybe too big of a topic to bring up at the end, but I'm just this curious. This is what you always do on this podcast. We get told that we're almost to the end, and then you by this point, I'm like, oh, I have a good question. Finally. All right. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on the glamorization of true crime. So I have, okay. I'll get more specific than this. So I, in the past, I have not listened to true crime podcasts in like months because I, for some, something switched in me recently where I was just like, this just feels gross to me all of a sudden where I'm just like, I'm really like getting entertained by somebody else's like traumatic <laughs> moment of their life. Like there was, there's just a couple episodes that I listened to where I was like, you, like, they went a little too far in this research. And, like, a couple stories came out where people, like, the victims' families didn't know that their story was even going to be sure. told. And so I'm curious if you've had any, like, what your experience has been around the, like, the glamorization of crime as a whole and true crime stories and documentaries like do you have you seen that change the way communities interact with you or is that kind of just like a separate world i don't know i think that's almost like a kind of a separate niche but what what it has done i mean some cop shows on tv make people believe that we can work magic Mm -hmm. you know we have this magic dust that we can all you know uh tell you who solved the crime right you know but um it's probably made people more of a fan of law enforcement, you know, the the glamorization necessarily, not maybe not necessarily the, the glamorization part, but kind of the ins and outs and nuts and bolts of what we do and what we have to do. Um, you probably remember the Ezra McCandless um, homicide from a few years ago. Um, some TV show, national TV show, picked that up and, and uh, uh, ran with it. Um, We've got uh, a recent quadruple homicide that came out of the Twin Cities that now we've got people reaching out that want to do um, a story on that, a national story on that. Um, and it's it's fine. We, well, we kind of have to be an open book. We're right. a public entity. And, and uh, so we, we work with them the best we can and, and stuff. And it's, um, as long as they tell the true story, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the reality, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, my wife kind of got into the kind of the true crime stories for a while and made me listen to a few of them. And I'm like, you know what? I I live this. I yeah, I was right. saying, this is like the last thing you'd want to yeah, do. I don't, I don't really. I'm glad you enjoy it, but yeah. I, uh, it's, I'd, I'd rather listen to radio and good music, you know. Yeah. But, um, no, it's fine. It's entertainment, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it's, they've got a, um, they're obviously doing it for a reason. They're, they're entertaining people as long as they stick to the truth i'm fine yeah. with it 
I was curious if it, yeah, impacted, if you have seen an impact from it at all, or if it's just kind of its own separate little It does seem to be on the downswing, though, lately. It does, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it is, like, the ethics of it. A lot of people are talking about just, like, the ethical side of the true crime community and just how, like... Well, and this stuff is like, like you said, extremely recent now. Like some of the stories we're watching are like four years ago. It's like you know how many people know these people, or well, like and that's the thing. Like, like, yeah, there's a, a lot of stories where people are like, I like that was the most traumatic moment of my life, and now people are just right. every time I log on to TikTok, TikTok I'm seeing yeah, my own traumatic story right. without my permission, <laughs> and I was like, you know what, that is a really good point, yeah, and I kind of like have and like joked about that's probably right. That's it's messy. like well, and they're ugh. they're what they don't realize probably is a re-traumatizing people. Exactly. You know, yeah. You know, for the entertainment of others. Yeah. Right. All right. I got to cut you off. Okay. Uh, yeah. I will, you know, I'll get sucked <laughs> into that one. I should have started with that one, I guess, but. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, Kevin, uh, plug anything of how people get a hold or follow with the. <laughs> I don't know how, how that happens. How do we plug the share? Besides <laughs> <type of one, laughs> but like other things that they do or anything else, maybe that type of stuff. Well, uh, we're on Facebook. We try and get get things out on Facebook if people want to follow our, our Facebook. Um, I have never pushed, you know, much further than that in the social media world, uh, you know, TikTok or mm-hmm. um, anything like that. But uh, obviously, uh, non-emergency number for the sheriff's office is 715-232-1348. And they can, they can call the sheriff's office non-emergency line for cattle in the roadway, things like that. And obviously... 911 if your house is burning somebody's in I mean you know dire need of an ambulance call 911 things like that but uh, yeah don't call 911 for cattle in the roadway unless you know it's unless three it's o'clock in the morning and they're like black cattle in the middle of highway 79 yeah you might that might justify calling 911 to make sure nobody gets killed but uh yeah, yeah it's uh we we try and be out there you know in the um, you know, I try and be in a, a, be as transparent as possible, you know, um, but people always have this need to want to know more, you know, um, and, you know, I talked about it in one of the last major homicides, you know, I have to balance the need, the community's want to know more to, you know, protecting a, a case or, or protecting maybe a juvenile's name or, you know, things like that, that, you know, people want to know, want to know, want to know. Well, you don't really have the right to know because I have to protect a juvenile's name or, right. or you know, I want to protect, you know, a family from embarrassment or, you know, that's why, and I hate to bring this up, but, you know, the news media is pretty good about leaving suicides alone. You know, they, you know, I'll get a call uh, from local media, you know, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, you know. Keith, you don't want to touch that, this. Yeah, you, you like know, there's some just, things that you yeah. need to just well, let Yeah, leave. let's just leave this alone, you know. So, and they're very respectful of that usually. And and um, so, but um, yeah, it's it's balancing the, you know, community's need to know and, and uh, versus protecting evidence of a crime or, you know, ongoing cases and things like that, that we kind of need to keep to ourselves sure. until, right. until we can tell people what's going on. And I think some people forget about that part is like, like we're lucky we get any information about these cases right. before they're closed. It's like right. you have to keep a lot of it private because you have evidence right. that like only the 
perpetrator knows. Right. So, you know, like, I I don't know. It's interesting. It is. It's a balancing act. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we're all everyone's nosy. I don't it, know how you'd oh manage that. That has to be that <laughs> has to be so difficult. Oh my gosh! There's the others. I've seen the Facebook comments the where I'm like, that are following the radars and stuff. I'm like, I uh, don't care. I don't want to be in this at all. I do not care. I love. I, oh god, this town is so nosy. It's so fun. Um, with that said, so every episode we end uh, with the same two questions to all of our guests. Um, so. My question is, what's a movie that you like or have watched that makes you feel some sort of emotion? So it can be any emotion out there, but just something that you watch that elicits a response. Boy, one of my all-time favorite, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. I love Goodwill Hunting. I watch that every couple of years. Something just comes across, and I need to see it. Now that my kids have gotten old enough to watch it, I've I've made most of them sit down with me and watch it. It's like... You got to understand this movie, you know, and, so good. And, you know, the fact that those two guys wrote that at like 18 years old, I know, you know, it, it's incredibly touching and, and, uh, it gives you a little insight into, you know, people's lives of, you know, maybe growing up in downtown Detroit and never leaving the city, you know, or, or wherever. And, um, but no, that's, that's one of my near and dear to my heart. I own the movie. I watch it every, probably once a year yep. just for funsy. Awesome. Best Robin Williams performance ever. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. I mean, he's had, he had a lot of them. Uh, How he, do you even he, pick? He crushes that one. Yeah. Um, my question is a little bit easier for some people. Most, not for me to answer, but um, what good food have you eaten lately? Oh, boy. Um, well, uh, food truck stuff uh, every now and again. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, my wife and I will uh, sneak out to... Uh, um, old-fashioned um, restaurant and, and have a good meal a steak for two and a bottle of wine yeah. um i don't, no. don't want to plug any uh, <laughs> any people that haven't Secret paid spots. for advertising or anything oh the the laurel just over into st Croix county is oh yeah fantastic it's, it's a really good. great traditional supper club and uh you know it's Less that's about thirty minutes from our house and and uh, easy to get to. But otherwise, yeah, there's a lot of great places to eat around and sure. and uh, great food trucks, you know, um, floating around the community and parked here and there. And so I, I know I know several of them that own own food trucks. So I stop and try and patronize them a little bit. So, I love that food trucks are becoming more popular around here. Yes, so, yeah, I love a good food truck. But it's you can almost always find the cheese cheesesteak truck somewhere and the pizza truck at Zymergina. Oh yeah, big ass pizzas rocking. There's a taco awesome. one out by Advanced. I just happened to time. have one of those the other night. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, pretty darn Delicious. good. Okay. Well, steak. thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for being on our show. Um, follow the sheriff's department on social media. Do that. Do that on Facebook. I don't know. It seems like such a weird thing yeah. to plug. It's a weird thing to plug. <laughs> Um. Uh, follow our show on social media too at the Manon Pod Facebook and Instagram. You can find all the information about our live show on our website, the Until next time, we'll see you later.